I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a show here on WEHCFM 90.7, where we get to sit and catch up with an Emory & Henry alum, you know, kind of like we were sitting on the Duck Pond Wall talking about life. This is Monica Hoyle, your host. I'm the alumni director here at the college, and I'm thrilled today that my guest is Susan Mathis Johnson, Emory & Henry class of 1975. How you doing, Susan? I'm great. Good, I'm glad. And let's tell everybody a little bit about who you are, because what I heard about you is that you and your husband are doing some amazing work in your hometown to kind of revive it and do some great things for your community. But I want to just start with where you're sitting right now. Where are you right now? In Richwood, West Virginia, looking down the beautiful sunny afternoon. Like you, like you have some days when you're retired, you get some of those days. Well, the thing about my husband and myself, you know, we don't, we didn't retire very well. I mean, you know, we, we retired in 2016 thinking we would just do the travel grandkids thing. And we've been more busy since then. Someone said your 60s are your most productive decade. I believe it because we have been so busy. Well, that's kind of yeah. cool. Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. But before we get there, tell, tell everybody this. You were in education. Is that right? Right. I was an English major. I'm actually, I majored in English, speech, and drama. Wow. So I bet you had Dr. Pickerel. I had Dr. Pickerel. God love him. I absolutely, yeah. I, I, that's funny you mentioned how I loved. I had, um, I had Dr. Damer. I had Chavatel. Uh, Bob Denham was, he was my uh, sponsor on the literary magazine. And probably I was closest to him. He, he went on to Roanoke College and taught my daughter at Roanoke College, who also majored in English. Oh, that's a cool um, coincidence. Mm-hmm. How sweet. But yes. Well, okay, so you were you were an English nerd. I like that because I, too, was an mm-hmm. English nerd, so this makes me happy. So you taught you taught English all these years. Now you're retired, but mm-hmm. what what is keeping you so busy? Well, we, let's see, we t- I retired from teaching, and my husband... My husband was the circuit judge here for 24 years, and he was voted out of office in a big tsunami that just took out every Democrat in West Virginia. Oh, goodness. So, um, but he went, he went to work for the Supreme Court, and we were back and forth from Charleston. But right after the, he lost his election, and I had just retired, we were hit by a thousand-year flood here. Oh. And it just devastated the whole town. Wow. And that, now, was this just Richwood that was affected, or was it how many communities were affected? No, by it was this? it was several communities. There were twenty one deaths over in, in nearby Greenbrier County. Oh, uh, it was it was yeah, it was a terrible, terrible thing. Um, so that was bad enough. But the powers that be in our county thought that they would use this opportunity to close our high school down because the high school was pretty damaged, not terribly, but you know. So we jumped into action and work to try to save our high school yeah that was something that was a six-year struggle we had to you know we raised money for attorneys we wrote 8,000 handwritten letters we um, you know took uh, delegations down to the state department of education we also through two election cycles were able to you know change the board of education oh wow so uh, we fought that off. We were one well, of the 
few communities to fight off consolidation. So we're getting a brand new high school. Oh, wow. That's even bigger. Well, let's talk a minute about what it would mean to close the high school in Richwood. Where would your kids have to go? Well, and I was, you know, we had a sweet little high school. We had about 400 students, but it was in a building built for 1,200. Yeah. And it was an old building. And you know what happens? It's just, you know. Pitiful. In fact, I think our I think our high school was built the same year as Abingdon High School. Oh, so it's been around a minute. Yeah. My parents were from Abingdon. So. And, and there are 400 kids in high school. 100 kids are in marching bands. We have a legendary <laughs> marching band. <laughs> okay. That is insane. That's like 25% of your school. It absolutely is. I mean, you know, every, it was just, and, and our band, we had a, just, we still, he's still there. He's my age. God love him. But we, it was, I've never known a, a high school, I'm sure there are others, but in my lifetime, as connected to the community as this one was. So it was just devastating. Well, and, yeah. And, well, and, and so, and, well, how big is Richwood? Let's put this in perspective a little bit. Is, is it kind of a small town? Richwood was a huge town in the 20s. It was a lumber boom town. And there were 10,000 people here in 1930. Wow. And now there are 1,800. Oh, goodness gracious. So, yeah, yeah, that happens to a lot of little... So, but you're saying it was lumber and not coal? Well, coal came later. It was originally lumber. But, you know, we still have two pretty big, you know, working lumber mills right in town. But it's just like every other little Rust Belt town. You know, it's it just... It just dwindled down and dwindled down, dwindled down. Um, but this community pulled together to fight to get this high school back. And it's now halfway finished. It'll open up in 2025. We'll have a brand new K through 12 school right on the, you know, main drag when you come into town. Wow. Um, and and I'm assuming it's a smaller building than the other behemoth that, w- that it was in. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think it's going to hold about. I think it's built to hold maybe 900. Yeah. Oh, it's because it's going to be now it's K through 12. But something happened when we were, you know, it was, a, you can imagine in a town, the you got your courthouse town and you got your not courthouse town. It's kind of a typical thing. And the bitter, bitter, bitter fight against the um, powers that be in the county. But we ended up prevailing. But then there was a, a, a problems with some FEMA money. Anyway, long story short, we, Came back here. We lived part-time in Charleston. We moved back here. Gary ran for mayor. He's been mayor for four years. Oh, he's sweet. Just, he, he just filed for re-election. And we just, we, it was like when you're being attacked, I don't know, we all pulled yeah. together over here. And the stuff that's happened to Richwood since the flood is just amazing. Well, let's talk about that. But let, I'm, I'm not ready to leave the high school just yet. So where would your kids, okay. where would your kids have had to, to go? For, to oh, school? yeah, they would have been bused. They would have been bused 24 miles over two mountain ridges. Oh. Um, yeah. And it was going to be this big, consolidated, you know, state of the art, you know, all that kind of stuff. But your kids um, would have been kind of lost in the shuffle. They would have been completely lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um and they tried to sell it to the public by putting all this fancy dancy stuff in, like it was going to be Olympic pool and indoor, you know, suspended walking track, and there was a Starbucks in it, and you know. But um, wait, there's a Starbucks at the high school? There was going to be. I mean, it was going to. It was. They were selling it like this big, you know. It was going to be a state of the art high school. And Gracious. Was, you know, what really happened though is uh, after COVID and the inflation and all kinds of stuff. They had received 177 million from FEMA to build this big school, 
And they had signed some kind of deal with FEMA where you just get one check. You can't have any cost overruns. You have to absorb any cost overruns. So when it came, after all the dust settled, after all the fighting and all the elections and all the, you know, lawsuits, I mean, lawsuits went all the way up to the state Supreme Court who, Over, ruled, on, who uh, ruled for us. Oh, that, because they've tried to sue you all into not keeping your school open? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember how, what the, you know, but we, we sued, it, it ended up being uh, the State Board of Education took our side and didn't want to approve this consolidation. They have to, you know. Well, that's good. And so, and so the, our board sued them. Goodness. And then that got appealed up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled that the state board has a final word in every school, even though you have local boards, you know. Yeah. So they had to come back and say, okay, well, we're going to start over. Now we're going to have to build Richwood a school. And... By the time all that got sorted out, that $177 million was down to $95 million. Oh. They, so they couldn't get their big high school over there at all. But did but you all get a little bit of that money? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We got $42 million. We're getting a $42 million K-12 school. Wow, that's great. Yeah, but the other $97 million is being used to spend on a school over there that had just minimal flood damage. It's it's whatever it is, but we're... <laughs> It is what it is. But now we're getting our school back. Um, our poor kids, though, have been in uh, temporary pods. And mm. uh, they have all out of town. They haven't been in town. They've had to ride a school bus to a little neighboring village and go mm. to, you know. It's been so hard. Are they everybody. excited about, about getting in this new school, I guess? I think so. Oh, absolutely. But you know how it is. It's, you know, most of them aren't going to see it. Right. You know, I mean. They'll be gone. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, the teachers, obviously, in the town, the kids are like, whatever. You know. <laughs> but, um, but, the, but the teachers know what an opportunity this is going to be to, to have that little building back. Well, and the townspeople. I mean, you know, it's just been, like I say, it's been a, so, uh, so here we are. And um, so, so you've been able to accomplish a, a lot of other things, too, it sounds like. Do you, do you think that maybe the high school ended up being sort of the, the unifying rally cry for everybody in town? Absolutely. In fact, you know, I, you just step back 30,000 feet and think, you know, boy, God's hands was in this some way or another. Because wow. now we never would have ended up with a nice, you know, our, our school was getting old. And, you know, so now it, and it also rallied the whole town. People were saying, you know, we can't build a high school over at Richwood. That town is dead. Look how much it's, you know, it's gone downhill and nobody, nothing's going on over there. And it's almost like telling um, Marty McFly he's a chicken. You know, I mean, we just <laughs> we just got our backs up. And like I, you know, like I've never run a cash register in my life, but I opened an antique store. My mother lived in Abingdon. And um, who were your parents? Jean Mathis. They they passed away. My daddy, my daddy loved Emory and Henry. He Aww. used to give money all the time, and he would take German classes from um, Herr Griffin. Oh, for goodness' sake. Because my dad was, you know, his pe people were from Germany. And uh, there's a great story about him. He And he made friends with, uh, I think it was Dr. Purifoy. He had some really good friends over there. Yeah. yeah. I think daddy would be like 90 right now if he were still alive. Oh. Um, but he's, I have a clock. My, my dad made wood, he made wood furniture. And he made me a grandfather clock with a clock face that they found in the bottom of 
was it Wally, the big administrative yeah, building? Is yeah, that, Wally Hall. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wally Hall, yeah. And somebody gave that to Daddy, and I've got that in well, my house now. But it's, yeah, an old, I mean, neat. Mother had an antique store. Then when Mother passed away, we sold her house really quickly. Yeah. And I thought, well, how hard could it be to run an antique store? So <laughs> I just got all of her stuff and hauled it up here and found a little building. And I opened up an antique store in 2019, October. Wow. And this will be, yeah, it'll almost be, I think it'll be five years this year. And I love well, that. I've had so much fun with that. Which little antique store did your mother run? Old Abingdon Antiques. Okay. Was that her partner was Leslie somebody. I can't remember her last name. Were they on Main Street? They were on Main Street. Okay. All right. But that, it's been a long time, I mean, 20 years ago. So like now you're running this little antique store, but what else is going on in town? It sounds like there's been, I mean, well, I mean, clearly they've got a hotshot mayor now because you know that guy. So what else is going on in Richwood and what, that has been able to sort of blossom in the last few years? Well, um, like I so everybody said, you know, you don't tell us we're a dying town. And then we also bought a house right across the street from us that was going on a bank sale. And we turned it into a bed and breakfast. So oh. I'm running a bed and breakfast. I mean, it's Airbnb. I don't serve breakfast. And I have my little antique store. Okay. But I also, uh, I write a, a column, a weekly column in the local paper. And I wrote about the school situation, probably 40 different columns about it. So I've just felt like, you know, it's funny, like a couple of things, you know, I mean, Emory was where I, you know, learned to write and uh, I had an English degree, but I mostly was in journalism most of my life. So I wrote this column and I would just, you know, my opinions and, and, and I think it helped, you know, sway opinion away from doing the consolidated school back to supporting your little small community schools. Yeah. And I th- it made a big difference, um, I think, being able to do that. I even wrote a couple of, and I also write for the Charleston Gazette from time to time. You oh. can Google me and see a bunch of um, columns I've written. I- I've probably written about 80 columns for the Charleston Gazette. I want to remind everyone, we're speaking today with Susan Mathis-Johnson, Mathis um, Emory and Henry class of 1975, who's talking to us today from Richwood, West Virginia, where they've had a bit of a revival in Little Richwood. You know, so many of our little little towns, and I mean little towns, are kind of on the struggle bus. And so it's fun to hear that you all are having some success. Are there other businesses that have sprung up in the last couple of years? Oh, absolutely. So when after the flood, I mean, you literally couldn't even get a bite of food anywhere. And we had one little motel. Now we have 12 bed and breakfasts. Whoa. 12. And we have a, we have five mom and pop diners. I think we have four little pubs, a coffee shop, an art museum, a couple from Florida moved here and have put in another Airbnb with a museum, art museum after it. And so all of a sudden, we're becoming this little arts hub. That's and we crazy. do a little festival. Mm-hmm. We have Mountain Color Arts Festival in October and draw all kinds of people in here. And uh, we're getting that little reputation. We also got a foodie reputation because we have really good restaurants here. And all that has happened in seven years. It's that, been crazy. That's remarkable. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you would think would take like a lifetime to turn that thing around. But, but I mean, do you have like a like a committee or something or a, or a town revitalization? Bunch of, committee, bunch of committees. You know, so you got your little garden club. You know, th- th- they do that. We have our arts committee. Uh, we have a, some real involved people who have 
um, I mean, they took her, they tore her gym down. And I mean, we were all, we were so mad on how, and they brought this superintendent in. She was kind of ruthless. So everybody just pulled together like you've never seen. Uh, we got a hold of the old National Guard Armory and through a bunch of grant writing, completely renovated that as a community center, renovated the city pool. We raised a couple hundred thousand dollars and we're putting in all new sidewalks. That project's starting right away. Wow. Um, when my husband took over, the city had $30,000 in the bank and couldn't meet its next payroll. Oh, gosh. And they owed two almost two million dollars. We owed the IRS five fifty. We had another another perfect storm thing happens. We had this kind of a mayor who you know let that didn't turn in all the FICA taxes to the IRS, so he had to deal with that as soon. And he's a lawyer, so uh, we owed six hundred thousand to FEMA, five hundred thousand to IRS, one hundred thirty thousand to Mon Power, and now. The city has about five fifty five hundred fifty thousand to the good, and all the debts are paid off. So the city's in the black. Okay, okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to ask um, two questions in one, which is, how in the world did you fix that deficit, and why in the world would your husband want to take that on? The, the, to absolutely, especially the second question, it was one of those things. So he. You know, he had retired, and we, we had had this issue with a former mayor that was just an ugly situation. And we own, you know, a lovely home here. We raised five children here, and we had to make the decision, we're either going to walk away from Richwood or sit here and watch it fall around, around you know, fall down around us. Yeah. So he applied his energies. You know, he was, uh, he's been in politics all his life, and he was, um, he also has a master's in public administration. He was actually the first flood, insur- ironically the first flood insurance coordinator for the state of West Virginia back in 75. But um, he just got in here and he, you know, he had a lot of contacts. He had been working for the Supreme court. Uh, he had to call Senator Manchin. We're very close friends with Manchin family. Okay. Joe Manchin's served in legislature with my father-in-law. Joe Manchin helped us tremendously with the IRS. You, you know, you don't get out from under, the IRS makes you pay. You don't yeah. get, you know. Can't you just walk away and from then, that? Uh, no, no, you gotta, and that was, you know, they will come just shut the place down and just, you know, tell you to go home. So he that was his biggest challenge to get through that. We owed essentially $2 million. That is crazy. Oh, it was just a horrible mess. He, he's still just now finishing off. But he got all that resolved, got us on a, you know, schedule to pay back the power company. And now people are moving to town. They're, I mean, and then in the meantime, the New River Gorge National Park. Has, oh, yeah. You know, was, yeah, we're just 40 minutes from there. And then the Mon Forest town, we're also just uh, 40 minutes the other way to Snowshoe Ski Resort. So we just, and we have a big, back, uh, we have a cranberry backcountry fishing. We Motorcycle people come down. So all of it just came together. And we're now just a busy little tourist town. The, um, um, this our is economy like, is all tourism. This is like the best story I've heard all day. I mean, I, oh, don't you love to hear a happy you. success story of, you know, little little town scraps back and makes it work? It, it, it really is. I mean, yeah, it's more fun to hear about it than be the one doing it. Oh, God, but, yes. <laughs> you're not kidding. But this is, it's so funny that you called me because I, I thought, 
this is serendipity. My husband just had to decide this week if he was going to run for re-election. So he just filed this week to run for re-election for mayor. I mean, he's 73 and he's tired. But I was writing a column about why you should take control of your town. But I remembered at my graduation, Dr. Stephen Fisher. Do you remember him? Of course. He's still here in the community. Yeah. yeah. But he was speaker at our graduation. He wasn't the guest speaker, but he was overseeing us. And, and it's so funny, all the little corny things they tell you, like increase in excellence, you hear all that all your life. Yeah. But he said at graduation, imagine the world you want, then create it. He is actually heard, very well known for that quote. Really? Yes. Well, you tell Dr. Stephen Fisher that he inspired me to do just that here in Richwood. Oh my goodness. Because that is a sweet thing. We imagined that this town and our biggest challenge here is how big we used to be. You know, we have just hundreds and hundreds of derelict buildings and it's so hard to get the money. You know, that's a big challenge oh, for my yeah. husband to try to get the money to tear them down, you know, rehab them. They're just so expensive. Um, but we had a vision that we would be this little, you know, fun town where people, you know, and we're, there's a lot, we're, we're just right upon the national forest. So there's a lot of hiking and, um, um, you know, all the stuff that the forest offers. Right. Trails. Birding. Birding. Yes. Uh, the night sky, stargazing, all of it. Yeah. Um, so, and we're, and we've gotten some money through the uh, USDA, Mon Forest Towns, to promote that. We have a, a whole little bunch that do this hellbender loop. And so we have these motorcycles all the time coming through here. And they do this, there's a certain loop you do. And they all gather and do the whole loop. And because the roads are just absolutely beautiful up here for motorcycle. Sure. Fishing is just getting ready to come up. Our, our restaurants are doing great. We have a, a restaurant that the chef won all kinds of awards. You know, she it's it's real they call it Appalachian hipster. They have craft beers. And, <laughs> I want yeah, to be an Appalachian hipster. Well, yeah, you can be one. I mean, you can even be, you know, and everybody's old here, so you can be an old Appalachian <laughs> hipster. An All old right. hippie. All right. So I'm totally already like mentally booking my trip to Richwood. Tell us exactly so that we kind of, again, kind of sense where you are. You said you're 40 minutes from New River Gorge. Um, how far are you? Yes. So where does that put you in like relation to Bluefield, say? Well, yeah, Bluefield. So um, you come up from Bluefield to Beckley, Fayetteville. That's where all well, the whitewater rafting. You've probably heard about that in West yeah, Virginia. We're yeah. also minutes away from that, too. Okay. Summersville Lake is only 23 miles away. There's a lot of stuff around it. So you, you come up to Beckley, and then you take Route 19 from Beckley, and 19 takes you to Summersville, and then you just hop on Little 39, which is a little winding road, takes you over two mountains. So we're two hours from Bluefield. Okay. All right. That's helpful. That's helpful. I think that kind of puts it into perspective for some folks because that tells me how far mm-hmm. you are from here. I, I Listen, I am in. I am ready to book myself an, an Airbnb and come spend the weekend in, in Richwood because I, I'd want to try out all these restaurants. I want to come see all this cool stuff you've done. This is amazing, Susan. Are you just excited about all that's going on now? I mean, you have to be. We're excited, but we're also tired. Yeah, <laughs> and and we're, we're but we are getting some younger kids involved. You know, when I say younger, I mean forties kids and people in their forties. Yeah, I get it. Uh, when the school comes back in, we lost so much when the school pulled out. I mm. mean, you know, we have well, well, hopefully we'll get some teachers and young people buying homes here, and more people with with young children. I'll tell you when you should come, Monica, and you invite all your all my old ENH people. Okay, you need to come for the feast of the Ramson. Richwood is the ramp capital of the world. You know what ramps are? I do know what ramps are, but tell everybody just in case. Well, it looks like a green onion, Mm -hmm. but it grows wild. Mm -hmm. And it's 
more pungent than garlic. The country people would go dig it. They were the first green thing to come up in the spring. And so you'd go get them and cook a mess of them and put them with your fried potatoes and brown beans. So we are the ramp capital of the world. And we have the ramp, it used to be, it's probably still the biggest one in the world. And it's in April. I don't have the date right on my, I think it's like second weekend in April. Thousands of people come to town for that. I bet that you probably have a website, don't you? Yes, you can look up the you know Feast of the Ramson, R E M S O N, Feast of the Ramson. Um, that's a wonderful time to come to Richwood. Okay, if you want, you know, everything's spring blooming, and you can you can come try the ramps. Like I said, we have twelve B and Bs. Just go to Airbnb and put in Richwood, and you'll see mine. Mine's the front porch end. Okay, um, I can see it from where I'm sitting. It's right across the street from us. So Sweet. yeah, you come up here, and you can have the friends and family discount anytime, Monica. Oh, I'm so taking you up on this because I'm very very excited about it, and I'm I'm looking forward, and I'm I'm excited to share. Does the time does the town of Richwood have a website? Yes, I think you can find City of Richwood. It's on a Facebook page. A good thing to go to though is the Richwood Area Chamber of Commerce is one of the best kept websites and it has a lot of our event we have a, a major event every season Wow! Uh, my big event is the arts thing I'm on that committee and we do that in October it's 14th of October that's a marvelous time come leaves are in full you know color we have an art fair on the street last year we had smokehouses and craft beers on the street you know, it's, it's real festive. How fun. Well, um, it, just, it just so happens that misses homecoming. So that's good because homecoming is October the 5th. Good chance to throw that out oh, there. Oh, yes. Okay. So that'll be after homecoming, and I feel a vacation coming on. Right. And, and also, summer is so nice. We have a scenic mountain triathlon. If you have people that do that, it's one of the biggest triathlons in the country. It's sanctioned. It's the second Saturday in July. Okay. And that seems like a hot town for a triathlon. Well, it's cool up here in the mountains. Oh, you go true. way up into, up into a mountaintop. You have to swim across a lake and bike and run. And, wow. But anyway, those are just some of our things. But yeah. Well, Susan, I am so proud of you and your husband for what you're doing up there because it is just an inspiration to hear how you you have basically saved this little town. I, I know it's not just the two of you. I know it's all, it's all of you together, but... You know, oh, it, it, it takes bad. it takes people to lead and to, to carry the flag. And I'm just really proud of what you all are doing up there. Well, thank you. It's gratifying. My, you know, when you get to be my age, you start seeing your life and how things circle back around. And, and the, the things I learned at Emory that served me well during all this, like, you know, uh, writing. And, and, of course, my mother's experience with antiques and Abingdon and uh, Dr. Fisher. And, you know, just the kind of inspiration you get from Emory that let's just go attack this problem, why don't we, you know? I do know, and I love that. And I'm especially excited that it was a Dr. Fisher quote that, that kind of kind of spurred you on right there. I think that's great, and I look forward to telling him that story. Please do. Oh, I absolutely will. Susan Mathis-Johnson, Emory and Henry class of 1975, thank you for being our guest today on the Duck Pond Wall. I enjoyed it. I missed that duck pond. Well, come on back, and we'll sit on that wall and talk for real. We will. Absolutely. (laughs) And I want to thank everybody for listening today on WEHC-FM 90.7, WISC-FM 90.5. We are the voice of Southwest Virginia.